You're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Live at the studio of Worldwide Sports Radio. All right, let's go. It's the third and long show. And here's your hosts, Maddie Caps and KT Hepburn. And welcome here to the third and long show here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Neither of our usual hosts are here today. <laughs> this is Speedy Petey here, and we are joined by our trustworthy caller, Mike the Beave. What's up, Speedy? What's up? This is very unconventional. Yeah. Neither of our hosts are here. <laughs> uh, you got Maddie Caps, who's out on a family issue right now, uh, wishing the best for his family, uh, whatever they're going through right now. He didn't tell me specifically, but... Sending our best to Maddie Caps and his family, and Katie is right now stuck in Brooklyn, from what I've been told. So she might not make it at all today. If she does, it's going to be in the second half of the show. Uh, Errol Marks might join us later, from what we heard from him. Oh boy! Earlier, but yeah. So it's a makeshift kind of show here on Third and Long, but the show must go on. How are That's you today, right. Beef? I am very good today on this crappy day in Long Island. Yeah. All this rain, this cold weather, it sucks here. Very stormy. Yes, it's very stormy. Not very good, rainy. not good at all. I don't know. I, it's slippery. I guess it's better than snow. Yeah, but, uh, it's better than snow. Yeah, here on Long still, Island. Still not very good either, but again, the show must go on, and even in these circumstances, we'll be on until 6 p.m. The number to join us is one eight seven seven nine zero nine 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 seven seven. here. Again, very makeshift show. We'll start with the big news of yesterday, though, the milestone set by Drew Brees, the latest not of not one but two milestones, one a career, one a single-game milestone. Drew Brees yesterday with his four touchdown passes. It was the third one that broke the record, becoming the all-time touchdowns leader, career touchdowns. He threw four in that game, like I said, number 541 for his career was the fourth one, and the one that set the milestone was number three, caught by the backup Saints tight end, Josh Hill, mm-hmm. in that one. So, Well, the first one, I mean, it got taken away from him on a bad penalty. Yes. But in, in, uh, the first, naturally, the first that's half. Yeah. the crap that happens to the Saints. Well, because, usually. Because, Sean, Payton, Sean Payton was living on the sideline. And I don't blame again. I don't blame him, especially since that was a, t- a great catch, too, from Traquan Smith. He, he, so. he, was right, he was right to throw that challenge flag out, but I don't think he would have won it, so it didn't matter. But yeah, he still so. got it. Like I said, Drew Brees, he's uh, at age of 40. He's amazing. I mean, he's still got it. And, I mean, I don't know. He might play one more year after this. I mean, it depends on if he wins or not. I, so I don't know. So what do you think this does for Brees' legacy as a whole, this kind of record, especially how far this can keep going on? I mean, he's one of the all-time greats. I mean, he's not the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, but he's still he's considered to be one of the greats. So I, I don't know where you can rank him. I mean, I don't know if you can put him in the top five, but he's definitely in top ten. Yeah, it's interesting because I mean, you look at the modern-day quarterbacks, he's obviously surpassing a lot of Peyton Manning's records now, uh, Brett Favre's records, guys like that. So he's definitely climbing into the ranks. And it's interesting because if he does play a lot longer, he definitely could. Well, he, he would have had this record a lot sooner if he didn't get hurt. He missed how many games this season? Well, yeah, six games. Six games. I mean, six that's, games he missed. And it's a lot of games. I'm, I'm, from a season longevity standpoint, though, too, I look at it where – 
if he keeps playing longer and well, again has like you said, playoff he's, success, he's 40 playoff years wins. old, but you see Brady doing it at 42. Right. I mean, if he has some kind of playoff success, playoff wins, you could definitely have him in the conversation to be over Peyton Manning, in my opinion, too, just because well, now, yeah. now he's getting the regular season records, too, and he started. Well, he has 76,000 career passing yards. Right. I mean, and that's, that's crazy. It's, right. And I, it's. Very doable. He already broke that record last well, year. Well, he's broke over 5,000 passing yards, mm-hmm. what, one, two, three, four times in his career? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, guy's a great quarterback. Yeah, and I mean, again, with the completion percentage, with, again, doing Everything it, he does, he's Doing just, it with, again, some good receivers, but not a lot of great receivers Well, he has a talented receiver in Michael Thomas. I mean, right that, now. That guy's a beast. He's, right he's now he does, but, again, before that, there was a gap between Marcus Colston and him for a while. Then there was. I mean, Jimmy they, they Graham had, some, had a couple good years. They had but, some issues, yeah. But, but it, it really wasn't the kind of thing where you could say, oh, Drew Brees had this kind of loaded receiving core to help him out either. No, but they just, really like that. they just showed you how good, Drew, how good right. Drew Brees is. He can make other receivers better than what they seem mm-hmm. to me. And Drew Brees – through all four touchdowns to four different targets in yeah, that game. Yeah. So well, he, really, Drew Brees has always done that. He's always spread around the ball, always spread the ball around all the time. And I think that really helps that kind of case, too, in terms of what he was doing. And then you got the completion percentage aspect of it, too. Yeah, that too. The other mm-hmm. milestone he said he set the single-game completion percentage record, 29 for 30, breaking a record set by Phillip Rivers last year, actually. Yeah, he only missed one pass, and I'm, me and my uh, friend were watching that game yesterday, and I said, look, he's 29 to 30. It, it's, it's unbelievable what kind of game he had. Yeah. Again, he, he played a bad team in the Colts. I mean, the Colts, are, they're a mess right now. So, Right, but they're actually I – mean, they're a defense that has overperformed a lot this year too, though. Yeah, early, early in the season. But, but now – Also it, against yes. good teams. So it's not a cakewalk. It's not like you're playing the Giants defense where – No, it's not a cakewalk, but it's still – it was a pretty bad display of defense for the, the Colts. I mean – But, again – They're know, not a good football team. They're, so. No, they're struggling. I'm just saying they've definitely done well against other good offenses this mm-hmm. year where – that doesn't necessarily be an easy task. The defensive coordinator for Indianapolis is very good. One of the brighter, schematic, young minds when it comes to the defensive coaches in this game. So, again, definitely was not easy for him to do stuff like that, but still impressive from Breeze just completing that much in general. I mean, and it wasn't just simple passes. No, he, he was throwing some deep balls. It's not, he was, he yeah, was, it, he wasn't, was, yeah. it wasn't Alex Smith completing no, it wasn't, 20 it wasn't, 20. It wasn't thinking dunks. It for was, 120 it, yards or yeah. whatever. <laughs> Like, he would do that. At, Drew Brees was making tough throws. He was doing deep crossing routes. He was oh, doing yeah, all routes, that stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. A lot of different things. Obviously, he relies a lot on the screen game, but that's always been Sean Payton's offense. But yeah. he also makes some tough throws, too. The touchdown throws were not easy. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes the, the record more impressive in itself and just the overall completion percentage aspect of it. Now, I always says it's kind of a deceiving stat, but – having a whole season of almost 75% I mean, you, completion uh, percentage is insane. Well, why, why, it is insane to be completing passes that, that high. Again, he's only played uh, – he's didn't play a full season, so that, it's a little higher. So it is a little deceiving. Sure. That, no, that's Because that, that number could have dropped. But right. his, his best passing rating, I mean, well, without this season, it was uh, 74. Which is still and insane he played 15, itself. And he played 15 games that year. Right. Which is still insane in itself. And again, like I said, I've always said completion. This is over, this is over nine games. Right. So I've always said completion percentage is a deceiving stack because sometimes mean, it could be rigged by those little screen passes. Yeah, but for his career, he's at 67%. Right. Which is so it, another big deal in itself, oh, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Watching the game kind of evolve into a more of a completion percentage analytics type game. From what it was in the beginning of Bree's career where. Yeah, well, yeah. He's, played, was, he's played in two different eras of football almost. Right. So. 
it really has changed a lot in terms of what he'd done. And yes. Obviously, it's changed a lot since he shifted teams as well, mm-hmm. moving from the Chargers onto the Saints. And that ends up making a difference as well. But even a completion percentage that high, I, I, there's not much really you can say deceiving of it because it's incredible what he's doing with it. It's not, again, just check down football. It's not... I'm going to make every high percentage throw imaginable. No, not he's a smart quarterback. Well. He's he, a smart quarterback. He, he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. I mean, he's the the worst season he had with interceptions was 2012 and 19. Oh no, I'm sorry, uh, 2010 with 22. Oh, okay, but remember that 2012 season? That was the year Sean Payton was suspended too. So they were. Yeah, they, and they, they had an interim coach that year. Yeah, and they went seven and nine as you know. Yeah. Right. So that didn't exactly help him either, though. That he had. I don't even remember who the coach was. It was oh. Joe something. I can't oh, think, I, I can't I think don't of his know. name yeah. off the top of my head. And, again, Breeze did it all he could with very little running game. Oh, yeah, he had nobody. And yeah, sure. I think Marcus Colson was even banged up a little bit that now, year, too. I mean, so. What do you think? Do you think Breeze drew – if he wins the Super Bowl, does he retire this year? I think so. And, I, again, I think especially with now – If he would have won it last year, if he didn't get screwed last year, I think he would have retired. I don't think he would have played this season. That's interesting because it's definitely possible. I think it, the only it, reason why he came back is because they know the the refs screwed him and but he again, wants to prove a point and win the Super Bowl this year. Right. I think as well, though, too, that the injury has to factor into it as well because Drew Brees was very durable throughout his career. Last year mm-hmm. we weren't talking about injury concerns with him because he was very durable. Oh, yeah, sure. Now, obviously, with the hand injury, and now it looks like he's lost a little arm strength. And uh, but that doesn't matter. I mean, arm strength. He doesn't need to throw the ball down. You know, no. But I'm saying from anymore. a from a skill set standpoint, that could end up hurting him, where he could say, "All right, do I want to play that this kind of way anymore?" And that could end up make a difference. But I agree. I think he would only retire. If but he again, wins he's the Super he's Bowl. 40 years old, so it's like, how much more of a beating does he want to put right. on his body? And that's going to be the interesting part because I know Breeze, he always. With these kinds of records, these kinds of milestones, he's going to want to think about his legacy too. And even when he's already created a legacy, right? I mean, he's only won what one Super Bowl, right? He's won one Super Bowl, but think about this too, though. If he wins a second Super Bowl, he would win two Super Bowls in a high parity NFC, Mm -hmm. which has featured, I think, in this century, every team going to the Super Bowl except for I think Detroit, the Redskins, the Cowboys, and. That might be it, actually, because yeah. Yeah, all the NFC West has, even though the Rams shouldn't have been there. But. No, they shouldn't, but they got there. So it's really, if you want to take that into account, still 12 out of 16 teams making it. And the only team that made it three times, and I told you this when we were having our argument about Dak, is the Seahawks are the only team that made it three times in this in this century. So, yeah, and they couldn't make it again this year. So, so. when you look at it, just him winning two Super Bowls in itself Uh-oh. is just as, maybe just as good as what, a lot of the other quarterbacks have done, even in the AFC, that even though Brady's won six and Peyton well, won, I mean, Brady, what he has yeah. and stuff like that, it's tougher to but do it in it, the NFC. But does winning six Bowls make you, a be, I guess, a, a better quarterback than Drew Brees? I mean, I, I mean, I, I think debatable. Drew Brees is a better passer of the football, if you want to judge that, in terms of accomplishments. No, I, think whatever, I mean, I, everyone knows. I think Tom Brady is probably it's either he's one A or he's one. He's I don't because I still think Montana was a better right. quarterback. Than and Brady. I think that's but, where you decipher the difference of talented but quarterback again, but again, versus but, but Brady. Everyone says he's a system quarterback, which I I don't like this. I mean, I think could, all quarterbacks he, to he an could extent be, are system I, quarterbacks. I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. So I, I think that you have to, have to decipher yeah. the difference between pure passer of the football talent and accomplishments too. Because yes. oh. you could play the what if game all you want. Of course. But like I said, I give Breeze a little more leeway even 
with just one Super Bowl just because the NFC has had a lot of good teams yeah, this century. Yeah, You're right. And there's a lot of a lot more stable franchises yeah. there. So All who, right. who we got on the we phone, We got our Speedy. first caller of the day. Who do we got? Speedy, what kind of masochist are you that you would inflict the beeve on us today? <laughs> How are you, Mr. This Jeff? This is kind of makeshift circumstances, <laughs> Jeff. Uh, I'm, doing er- I'm, I'm doing Errol a favor, so how are you? You are doing Errol no favors right now. <laughs> this is unbelievable. It's makeshift I, I, circumstances. What, well, well, what, what do you got, Jeff? Here, here's another thing, right? Oh, do you consider Brady a better quarterback because he got six Super Bowls? Yes, it's uh, a metric. People use that as a metric. No, I understand that. And I'm just, I'm just asking a question. That's all. I, I think, I think. Grady, I didn't say it was more, but I said it was not far behind when judging yes. the, the parity of the conferences. The NFC's because been really good. The, because here's the other thing between those two quarterbacks. Go ahead. I mean, let's be honest. People, dude, all the congratulations in the world to Drew Brees. Yeah, he, 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 yes. No, yes, no bitterness here. No. Tom Brady is two touchdown passes behind him. Yes, yes. That's fair. That's fair enough. We'll, yes. I mean, we'll see I the mean, longevity as a whole, whoever ends up Yeah, but let me ask you this. Do you, do you think Drew Brees continues on with his career after this season? You, I, I actually think that he may not, and it may not be his choice. Listen, the, the Saints are in a very tough position where the Patriots were a couple of years ago with the Brady-Garoppolo thing, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Go ahead. Why, because they have, because they have Bridgewater? Is that backup? Is that why? Or Taysom Hill. Or Taysom Hill. Okay. How long can they hold either one of those guys off? Because they're going to have to make a decision on Teddy Bridgewater, and it won't be too far after that they'll have to make a decision on Taysom Hill. But Taysom Hill's not just a quarterback, though. He moves all over the field. Yes. He's a different type of quarterback. That's, right. Yes, that's fine, but he could be another option. At no, but Jeff, Jeff does have a point though, because they got two quarterbacks who want to start in the NFL, and they're not going to. If Breeze comes back, they're not going to want to sit behind Drew Breeze for another year. They're going to they're going to want their own team. I mean, it's possible. I think like Bridgewater though want, is buying into it. That's why he re-signed there initially. You he seems to like Sean Payton. Yeah, but, but, but when you look, but, but when you look at yeah, he would. Terry Bridgewater absolutely have a starting job somewhere else. I have a hundred percent. I mean, he played, he played good for them this year. No, I understand that, so but I also like, think he likes the system, and that's why he wanted to go back in this year. Yeah, too. so like, like Jeff has a point. I mean, do they force Breeze out? I mean, and they, and they make Bridgewater their starting quarterback? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I don't think Bridgewater will have as much influence on judging that as you realize because he did re-sign there, and I believe his contract was two years. So yeah. I think that ends up making a difference. No, I think he's I think he's eligible to for free agency at the end of this year. I thought it was a two year deal though, because I know the first deal he signed with them when they got when the Jets traded him. I know he they had to re sign him after that. But I think when they restructured it, I thought they gave him two years. I mean, because obviously you're not gonna know what's gonna happen. No, they're not. People people in this league want to start. Yes. They want to play. Like it's not fun sitting there watching. The Patriots had to make that decision with Garoppolo, and they chose, right? And the, and the Saints are in the same position. So they're not going to be able to hold him up much longer. And truth be told, they'd be smart to go to Teddy Bridgewater. Look at the state of quarterbacking. Yeah, well, he's only, he's, only, he's only 23 years old, so it's... He's 28. Is he 28? 28. Oh, 28. Okay, he was I'm the sorry. 2014 draft. He in the league a long time ago. Yeah, he's 28. That's right. What is wrong yes, with you? I forgot. I'm sorry. I, was looking at, I looked at the wrong thing. He's 27. Sorry. So yeah, it's so he's still, he has so, an, he has an yeah he has an option. So you're right. He's he's 27, so he's still young enough to have. I mean, another good you know maybe eight years in his career. Yeah, he, the contract is actually two years, but he has an option uh, to to void that contract if he wants. 
and the Saints would right, have four million dollars of dead cap. Which again, it's possible. It's just I think he likes it there, and I think he wouldn't have gone. Well, back if he fits the system, why? I mean, why would you want to leave? Right. You know? I think if he were to go somewhere else, he would have done it already. Right. No, he wouldn't have done it already. He got traded there, right? They convinced him to resign, and he has an option to get out. His value is now to go get money now and a starting job now. Well, he's not, right, he's, but he's I think I think Teddy Bridgewater, though, when he was playing as well as he did, that's where his value would have been peak. Where if the Saints were to go up to him and say, "Do you like it here? Where you think you have coming back?" Or do you want to go start somewhere else? And they could have traded him, is what I'm saying. But and I think, and I think as a re- Tennessee is open. Tennessee's open. But Tampa Tennessee was also open. open in week seven, too. So I'm, now Tennessee right, isn't but, as open because of Tannehill, the well he, to to, he's played. I mean, but no one wants to go to a losing team. Maybe mm. he's just there to be a winner and, and one and done. But Tennessee that's what I'm saying. I think he likes the system there, and I think – he knows that his time will come, and I think he's willing to be patient. Yeah, with you it. really think the Saints are going to force Drew Brees to retire? I don't think or, they're going to force or, him. Or, or, I think, or move on from I the think, Saints? No, I don't I, think I can't see that happening. No, I don't think they would force him at all. I think they're going to let so, Drew Brees do what he does, and they're having Bridgewater there in anticipation. Now, again, if Bridgewater said, all right, I did my, my due diligence, but I also am thinking of going starting somewhere else if you let me go at the end of the year, I think the Saints would have traded him already. Yeah, possibly. I mean, yeah. but I think he likes it there. Right, but the Saints weren't in that position though, because Drew Brees got hurt early enough. Yes, they they still needed him to weather the storm, and that lasted through the trading deadline. Yes, I understand that, but they were also at one point five and one, and Bridgewater was beating a lot of good defenses and playing well in those games, especially that Chicago game, which again I don't think anyone expected right, to play as well many, as he did. There were too many, like San Francisco was unbeaten. Green Bay only had, like, one loss. There were too many other teams, and they were fighting for a first-round bye. They couldn't just let that go. No, I understand that, but the, the Saints also had a bye week in Week 9, so that was still at the t- around the time of the trade deadline where if they traded Bridgewater right before Week 8, then they could have gone with a, say, a Taysom mm-hmm. Hill maybe for a week if they thought Breeze wasn't ready. And I think they were playing Arizona that week, so it wasn't like he was a super yeah, good defense. Still, and also, to put in a quarterback that isn't that experienced and, and roll the dice that you're going to win and, and stay in that race for the bye. Right, but I'm just saying, in terms of the strategy of trade him if he doesn't want to stay or gamble with one game, I think you can gamble with a game at home where they have a great home field advantage, the best indoor home field advantage in football against a team that's rebuilding in Arizona, they could still win that kind of game with Taysom Hill or even just, again, with just a good game plan. So I think if they were to factor that into consideration, I think they would have traded him then. And because they didn't, I think really Bridgewater's committed there. I mean, you you say Arizona's rebuilding like they're not a good team. The problem is Arizona's a lot people than their record is and that people give them credit for. You realize – both times they lost to San Francisco, they lost in the last 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. But they didn't know that at the time. Right. That was before. Arizona that was after the Saints played them, though. So they didn't know that at the time, and they can't factor that in. So they, they're probably I think thinking. One of those, I think one of those San Francisco games was before they played nope. the. Uh, they no, played New the Orleans played them in week eight, and then San Francisco played them on Thursday Night Football week nine, and then week 11. So. They I mean, didn't have those out, games though. really to judge. No, I'm not saying they're a horrible team. I'm just saying the Saints could probably think, all right, we might still be able to win this game anyway with Taysom Hill at quarterback 
And if this is as high of a trade value we're going to get, we're not going to get maybe a second-round pick any other time, they would have done it already. But because I think Bridgewater do, does like the system and Sean Payton, I think, likes him in the system, I think they have more leeway to hang on to him and stay patient with him mm-hmm. more than they have. And yeah. I don't think Bridgewater's... Maybe ends up a quarterback in the Cowboys. Oh, my God. No uh-huh. way. No way. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How much would you play with your shake weight then, Mike? <laughs> such an idiot. I was just, I, you must be playing it, the shake with listen, it, record. No. Nah, it, listen, the, when, the Cowboys, they played a good game, and that was the team from last year. Do I mean, I don't know what team's going to show up this weekend because they're so inconsistent. Well, I, you know. I think they, they are. They've been inconsistent all season. The defense has been inconsistent, and I, I just. No, I, they've been consistent all year. They've been well, because they bad. Yeah, that, that's fine. Yes. No, I, you know, I mean, listen, they show moments of brilliance, but, like, the problem is, those moments of brilliance are always again until this week because they were. They well, were again, to, to me, I don't know. Like every time Jason Garrett's in the big game, he can he can never win that big game. So that's what, what are you we're talking about. According to Robbie Anderson Radio, he's a top <laughs> coach. You know, you know how I feel about Jason Garrett. Definitely huh? banned all Jason Garrett yes. talks yeah, for today yeah, because not, it's going longer than the Andrew yeah, Luck Hall of Fame going, discussion. It's going really well. But again, I, I just don't think that Garrett can win that big game. And they're going to go into Philly, and I, I, I think they're going to lose. I, I don't think the Cowboys are beating the Eagles. Now they're going to beat Philly. Philly has nothing. No, I know, I know Philly's out, bad, but again. But Philly's good. Philly, not bad. They also don't have anybody healthy. Well, yeah, they, they, they're one of the most injury uh, teams in the NFL. They all, all oh, have have so their team Dallas is out. Win and get into the playoffs, but they'll be they'll be out first round. Probably, first round probably, out. See you later. probably, probably. You're probably Terrible. right. They're, they're bad. Yeah, that one star, that one star on their helmet isn't a logo; it's a rating. You're, one an, star. you're an idiot. You're, you are an idiot. You just got to keep bashing them. That's true. You just got to keep bashing them for no reason. I bash my own team. The Patriots stink now too. <sighs> yeah. Well, how do they? Got to be honest. Why? Because of, of Brady? Is it because of Brady's downfall, or is it because they have he has no one to throw the ball to? No, they have no. They have no offensive line giving them any kind of time. That's a horrible recipe, right? They have inexperienced receivers running wrong routes. Yeah, and like the Patriots have gone along the season and clearly regressed from the beginning of the season. But again, even in the beginning of the season, they were playing bad. Yeah, but they still, but they so still they have looked- a top defense in the NFL. Where are they ranked? Where are they ranked? I think they fell off a uh, little, uh, little bit. Don't uh, it's, it's, I think they're, maybe they're definitely out the top the, five. I don't. They might be outside the top five. Now, I don't they're know. Definitely top ten. I don't know if I, yeah, don't know I know if they're, they're still, the top ten, but they might be top five still. I think they still have. I think San Francisco. They still have an elite defense. I think San Francisco is the number one defense right now. I mean, it just don't matter. They've regressed as the season gone, go, has gone on. They, they, you know, you got to score points to win games. They of course you do. Figure out how to score points. Well, because again, so he, he, I have no confidence in them going for it. See, see, Mike, it's very easy to criticize your own team and, and without bias and just use your shake weight the whole time when talking about your own team. The Patriots are going nowhere. No, all right, that's it fair enough to say. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're still number one. Like, they're still number one yards they, they wise, right but it's, yeah. it's by mm-hmm. point six yards. Right, well, they're still ranked number one. They still right. they still have an elite defense. By point six yards, see, like. Speedy has to, like, justify this whole thing. Oh, they're still number one, but it's by point six. Well, Speedy. how far were they ahead in the beginning two. of the season? It doesn't matter. They're fine, still, they're still fine, right number fine, one. Speedy. Fine, Speedy. You want to be fair? Let's call them number two. Ooh, that's they're so not bad. number two. They're number right two. right now. They're ranked number one. They're the number one defense. doesn't matter. By a half a point or a fraction of a point, it don't matter. They're the number one defense in the NFL. Even if so. you call them number two, I don't care, Speedy. Nah. I don't care. Number two, oh, they're so bad. 
I didn't say they were bad. I said they were where they were. And you said you they thought they were on the that historic five. pace yeah. in the beginning of the season. Oh, I don't know if they're top five. Yeah, they're number one. If, if at the worst, you could call them number two. Oh, yes. that's terrible. They might be outside the top ten now. Speedy said, "What is this?" <laughs> no, I didn't say they would be outside. He didn't say out of top ten. He said top five. If, if Errol is Robbie Anderson Radio, you can be James oh, and Crowder Radio. Well, How's that? <laughs> you two are two peas in a pod. It's unbelievable. But again, I mean. Terrible. Again, you have to give a lot of credit to Drew Brees. I mean, what he's done in his career is just unbelievable. Do you want to give me? Do you it want is. me to give you another stat that's pretty crazy? What? It's actually, it's actually. Hold on, I'm going to look at it right now, just so I don't get this wrong. What is it? A Drew Brees stat? Career in outdoor stadiums. Oh, Drew Tom Brees. Brady Tom Brady, 260 games, 489 touchdowns. Uh huh. Peyton Manning and Drew Brees, and Drew Brees combined. Well, because they're they're, they're they're a dome quarterback. We all know that they can't play in out, you know, in bad weather well, and all that. Well, why don't? But but this is another thing. They like, also have less experience. Why, can't, they, they, why well, can't this be in the debate that the guy that has to play in weather conditions and not perfect all the time is doing better? Well, yeah, because they used to it. They they know how to they know how to play in that weather. Right. I mean. It, it, it's a different when you're in a dome. There's plus no wind. It's, it's just it's a different game. Plus they game. play in a South Division. Yes. They, they're not having them scheduled as much. So Brady has a much larger sample of it. Too. Yes, exactly. But think about when when weather conditions are poor. Who's the quarterback that you want? Yeah, that's fine. That's I, fine. That's fair I, to we say. We agree on that. I'm just saying. I, there's a better basis, I think, to look at the average, just because I think but, Brady's had double or triple the amount of games. Yeah, too. but you still you still can't take away what Drew Brees has done. Brady's. I, I, I mean. That is what it is, right? Like, I mean, yeah, okay, that's his home stadium, but that's that's not all he plays. He goes on the road to Buffalo. Right, that's my right? point. They've got to play so Buffalo we... everywhere uh, every year. They got to play in New York every year. They Correct. Play, that's... He plays in much harsher conditions. Right, but that also adds to the sample of games played where yeah. the. I mean, I, th- I think weather conditions just, are not going to hurt I, the southern outdoor stadiums as much either, and obviously they also play. Breeze also plays in Atlanta think, every year. Peyton Manning played in Houston. I just think it's worth noting that that you know if you got to go to New York or if you got to go to Buffalo, Tom Brady's the guy you want to have on your team. Sure, we agree on that. I'm just yeah. saying I, Bay, I don't, I don't think like that to have Tom Brady would go to Green Bay. I, I'm just saying I don't think you can call them necessarily bad cold-weather quarterbacks either. Though. No. I mean, I'm sure Drew Brees hasn't had terrible – I mean, that many bad games in cold weather. And he, he played well. I remember the, the last playoff game against the Seahawks he, he, he in still, Seattle. Yeah. Not the not the Marshawn Lynch one, uh-huh. I think two years later. He played well in that game against uh, the greatest defense in the league. But he's year. still an elite quarterback, Drew Brees, so you can't, right. you can't take anything that he's done away from him. So you I don't can't. think – is he elite in, in – Cold weather? No, no not, not in cold weather. I would say he's yes. still good, and he's just inexperienced because of the division he plays in. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, you still got to rank. You still got to rank Drew Brees in what? Uh, probably in the top ten of all time. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't I would have him at the bottom of the top ten. Yeah, I mean, it would, yeah, I would say I would like have him nine or ten. And listen, that's all due respect to Drew Brees, because and I'm not trying to slight him, but I would have guys like. Montana, yes, LA, mm-hmm. guys like that ahead of him. I'm not mm-hmm. just going, you know. I, I don't need. I'd have Drew. I have Drew Brees ahead of Aaron Rodgers for sure. Yeah. Yes, you could say that. Sure. Right, but I don't know that I have the head of a guy like Roger Staubach or a guy like Terry Bradshaw. Mm. I would put See, him ahead of Terry a, that's Bradshaw. That's a fun thing. A lot of people don't talk about Terry Bradshaw. What I he did. I mean, he the guy won four Super Bowls. Yeah, right? but I would four put straight. him ahead ahead of Terry Bradshaw just because of all the talent he had on that offense too. Frank I understand Harris, that, but the Lynn guy Swan, was still John a great Stallworth. quarterback. So I know. I'm just saying so we, that's a lot of so talent on one team. So we penalize 
criticize guys for having talent. So why do people think Joe Montana is number one? Yeah. Didn't he have the greatest receiver of all He's time? He's right. He's Generally, yes. I mm-hmm. would say if you have the greatest receiver of all time, you don't need to do very much. Okay, but I'm just saying that's also one player in comparison to well, three Hall of Famers. Well, again, I mean, it's... it's one player who's the greatest player I ever. know. <laughs> I'm not denying that. I'm just saying... Again, it's just hard to compare. If, it's hard to compare those quarterbacks because of the errors that they both played in. So it's... it's Right, and we're also judging accomplishments, yes. too, versus uh-huh. the actual talent of a quarterback. And Terry Bradshaw kind of a fall, falls with Joe Montana in the accomplishments group. That's, which, well, that's the other thing I think where people fail, right, is they look at like – and this is where people slight Brady, right, is they look at Tom Brady and they go, oh, he's not particularly athletic, he's not very fast. Well, well, like, well he can't. That, that's, just, that's been one of his downfalls. He, he was never a running quarterback. He can never run. Right. right yeah, yeah, I mean, but he's super elusive in the pocket. Like, yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, no, he, he, he moves very quick in the pocket, yes, but he was never a runner, yes. Right, but this is why people slight Brady because he's not, he doesn't, you know, he's not very, you know, muscular or he, he doesn't have like the physical attributes that people look at. And yeah, go, but, wow, then, but, like, but then you look at Drew Brees, he don't have the height either. He's a short no. quarterback. So, right. I mean, you look at that and what he's able to do at that height as a level, you know. It, right, is, but people marvel at Drew Brees' like arm strength and stuff. Even after the surgery, they're like, wow, he throws it down the field forever, right? Like, you know, I, it, I, I think that that's just overhyped people going, oh, well, what can he do? Because, you know, Tom Brady's strength is reading defenses pre-snap. Yeah, of course. And, and, and that's what Peyton, that's what Peyton Manning did, too. He was one. Right. Of, he was like a coach right. on the field, Peyton Manning, because he was able to read everything. Right. Peyton Manning that's revolutionized right. the game with the way he did the yes. audibles. Yes, 100%. Because it wasn't really a big Peyton thing. Peyton Manning stinks. He doesn't, he doesn't stink. Peyton Manning stinks. He was, he was one of the greatest regular season quarterbacks ever played a game. He, he was also a cheater. People not Brady for being a cheater. No, I never said Brady. Too. I mean, they, they said the Patriots cheated. Never, never, no one ever said Brady cheated. Unbelievable. I know. Well, I terrible. Mean, yeah, what are you gonna do? That's the way. And he, and, he, and, he, and he looked special with that giant forehead. What is that thing? <laughs> <laughs> a, a Super Bowl isn't just what he was playing for. It also it was also something his mother used to give my haircut. Oh jeez. Oh, oh here we go. <laughs> the Jeff <Sorry>. insults. <laughs> You, no, should, you, you, you should write a book with insults. I'm telling you, you might make some money off of it. Funny, you could <laughs> you probably take up 20 pages of it, unfortunately. 20 pages. <laughs> it might, might be more than that. Well, er- Errol's, Errol's going to take up 15, and you're going to take up 20. Oh, and... yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> you could just put a movie projector in front of that dude and show movies on his forehead. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Here we go. Things huge. Oh, man. Uh, Speedy, we got to go to Terrible. break. Terrible. <laughs> All right, let me get out of here. All right, Jeff. Yeah, that, that, got, that's when we're going to go to break. That's yes, what we do call. have to go to break. So. So. This is terrible. A whole show of just Speedy and, and me. It's what great. What is this world coming to? Oh, stop it. Makeshift circumstances, right. Jeff. we got to do what we got to do. The show's well, going to go I on. I will say this. This is much better than Robbie Anderson Radio. <laughs> Robbie Anderson Radio. <laughs> you know how we got that name, right? Did you hear um, Kind of, a little bit, but remind me real quick. He was on his show yeah. railing against the Jets and whatever, and he said about Robbie Anderson, Robbie Anderson thinks so bad, I wonder how he has a job. Oh, and that's how Errol is now Robbie Anderson. Ronnie's, oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. If anyone thinks so bad, I wonder how they have, have a job. It's Errol and his show. Jesus. Oh, he's, he's the epitome of Robbie Anderson. Oh, Jesus. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> we'll is talk. that not true? He's terrible. <laughs> 
Oh man! All right, Speedy. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we got in, we got through Drew Brees. We didn't really get to the playoff picture yet, but obviously well, we'll Jeff get to that, right? We'll get to that when we come back here from break. Again, the number to call in one eight seven seven nine zero nine 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 seven seven. We'll see again who might show up after the break. But we're gonna go to break right now. Uh, when we come back, we'll get into the what this Saints win means for the NFL playoff picture, and we'll get into some some baseball as well. Some hot stove, so we will do that when here when we come back here on third and long here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You, you, you are listening to the Third and Long Show, and here's your hosts, Matty Caps and KT Hepburn. Welcome back to the Third and Long Show here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Again, no Matty Caps, no Katie Hepburn. Most likely, she's, again, driving back all the way from Brooklyn, so probably won't make it here. So we got Speedy Petey here, and we got the Beef here holding right. down the fort. And, again, <laughs> what is probably the most makeshift show in this network's that's history. Right. Well, that's, that's interesting. So, so. Yeah, it is very interesting. So we were talking about Drew Brees earlier, the milestones he created, and the Saints had a big win amidst all that. So now let's move to the playoff picture, what this Saints win means for the playoff picture. There's four teams, 11-3 and three right now yes. in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Right now, as it stands right now, the Seahawks are the one seed with the head-to-head tiebreaker over the 49ers. Yeah, they play each other. They play each other one more time, so. week 17, so that obviously could have an impact. Green Bay is the two seed right now, and the Saints are the three. So it, as it stands right now, well, that's the way it ends up. Just well, actually, in, in Green Bay, Minnesota play each other, too. And then Minnesota. Monday night. Yep, Minnesota could throw a monkey wrench in there if they win. And yes. then all of a sudden you have, you have a couple 11-4 teams. You could have a couple 12-3s and threes in the seat. That would be well, interesting. We, well, we, I would. mean, yeah, we know what the end of the season will look like. You just don't know who's going to win a division in the, in the north and the west. But it's a big win for the Saints, I think, though, yes. too, because. Well, they could, the have, Sa- they could have home field advantage if they yes, keep going. Yes, and the Saints where home field advantage, even though they're doing better on the road this year, than in pre- previous years, in a playoff environment, having the best home field advantage, I would say, among indoor teams, really does help. And the same thing goes for the Seahawks too. I think the Seahawks. Well, the yeah, I mean, it's, o- it's always tough to play in Seattle. Advantage yes. outdoors, and the Saints have the best indoors. So it, that's why I think when looking at this conference, yeah, that's, don't, don't forget about the Packers though. It's hard to play in Lambeau. It is, but the Packers have also had their duds in no, Lambeau, no, too. I, I, they have, but it's, it's also very hard to play in Lambeau in that time of the year. I understand that. My point is, though, the Packers have had losses at Lambeau in the playoffs where you don't see that with Seattle. If they're the one seed, they'll pretty much roll the Super Bowl. They might lose in the Super Bowl, but they'll mm-hmm. roll to the Super Bowl. They did that in all three of their Super Bowl appearances that they've had, like I've said, this, this century, this 2005-2006 season where they mm-hmm. lost to the Steelers. Yeah. And then the back-to-back that they made, they beat the Broncos, lost the Patriots. So they were the one seeds those entire time, and they didn't have any other seasons where they were a one seed. If they were a three seed, if they were a two seed, oftentimes they were questioned in terms of whether they could make it, and that's where it was. But with the Packers, they had the 15-1 and team in 2011. They lost the Giants. They had the 2007 team that lost the Giants. They were the two seed that year. Uh, they had... They had a t- no, they were a wild card team when they lost to Arizona. I'm trying mm-hmm. to remember. I think they were a two seed when they lost the Niners too, in one of their uh, playoff losses there as well. So they've had their issues, and even when Favre was the quarterback, they definitely had some teams like that too. Well, yeah, where course. again they they lost some playoff games that at home that they probably could have won. So 
while you're right, it is a very good home field advantage. It is it's a, not as strong, I think, as Seattle and I'm not saying it's not as strong. I'm saying it's still hard to play in Lambeau in that time of the year. In sure. That, in, that, in that type of weather, because you never know what kind of weather you're going to get in Lambeau. But that's why I think... I mean, Seattle, you know it's going to be cold, but you're not going to get a lot of... You're not going to get that crazy it's not weather the, it's that not the Green weather, Bay gets. It's, it's not the weather. It's more the crowd noise for, for well, Seattle. Well, yeah, yeah. Yes, it's the crowd noise, yes. But in Green Bay, it's the weather. It's a very difficult environment, especially so, for opposing offenses. I mean, with the Saints, I mean, they're in a dome, so anyone can come in there and win a game in, in New Orleans. But again, I mean, it's a crowd noise thing because... Yeah, I know, because you're inside. It's louder. You're inside. Yes, I understand that. It's but, louder, and it's also more condensed. But to me, I would rather play in a dome than play... Like in the cold. See, I disagree with that. I'd rather, I'm more afraid if I were an, a, a team to go to the Superdome than I would be going to Green Bay, unless you're really a notoriously warm weather team. But true. Right now, the only teams that consistently can like, do well in the Superdome has been the Falcons. Well, let's just look, who are uh, divisional yeah. teams, so they're well, more used to it, and I'll, also I'll, another like, dome team. Yeah, and like the Cowboys. The Cowboys, I'd rather them go to New Orleans and go play in Seattle. That's fine, but the Cowboys are also... Because they're more of an indoor team, basically. I mean, they have Not to, even that. The Cowboys also really have a bad playoff history against Green Bay, so probably too, I yes. would trust that, yes. too. But they're probably one of the few teams I would trust to do that. Because, again, the only teams that really win in the Superdome consistently are NFC South teams. And mainly, it's just been Atlanta. And mm-hmm. that's why I think... It, for a team that's not used to just that kind of noise environment, that can make it very hard for them. The 49ers, maybe them playing in Seattle and playing tough in them in the past, maybe that could help them. Uh, obviously, Minnesota, they, another, they're another dome team. that They it, are. It could help them, but again, when they beat the Saints, they tend to beat them at home. They don't really tend to beat mm, them on the road. So no, I know. I think that'll be kind of difficult in itself, too. I'm not saying it's going to be difficult, but I'm just saying where I would rather play. But I think them being more used to Lambo, I think that would help them more, mm. and because they play there every year and they practice in the cold too. Yeah, they're, I they're know. In a I, freezing I, state. No, I so get, I, I know. I just think as a whole, when you're not used to that kind of noise, you're not used to a playoff atmosphere, especially in one that is as tough as Seattle and New Orleans. I think the crowd noise not being on your side factors in more than the weather because mm-hmm. football weather is football weather. So. I think that still ends up making a difference. And you're not dealing with teams that maybe outside Dallas, if they were to get in, they aren't really super warm weather teams. And even Dallas plays in the NFC East where they got to mm. go to New York. they got to go to Philadelphia. So they're still used to that kind yeah. of thing too. And obviously Philadelphia is definitely used to it as well. So you're not really dealing with that kind of case this year. And it would be understandable if it was a – Arizona or Tampa or one of those teams, L.A., it would be un- more understandable. But I, I don't see it really yeah. being a big factor with the weather just because I think they're more used to it, whereas the crowd noise, that could always hurt. Yeah, of course. And especially now as well, we've seen recent playoff trends with the exception, I think, of the Giants and – Green Bay when they won the Super Bowl as a wild card. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen as many road warrior type playoff teams. No, anymore. we haven't. So but, I mean, it's you, really you, showing. You just that never know, though. You just it's don't really know. showing mm-hmm. that home field in the playoffs is becoming a lot more prominent. Now you could have an upset here and there. I'm not saying it's a guarantee just because you have a bye, just because you have a home game that you automatically win. Last year and 2015 were the only years like I don't that. Know, so, sometimes I wouldn't want the bye because I mean. 
then you're cold. If you keep playing, you're hot. You well, not keep necessarily. Going. Keep it going. Depends on I mean, that's, that's, of, that's just this is me. It just it's not even that. It just depends on what kind of team you are coming in. Sometimes you can be. No, a I moment. understand that, but there's a difference between momentum-driven teams and again teams that maybe are game you know, if planning you, if better. You, but if you get hot, why would you want to stop? That that's like the whole. You know what I'm saying? But that's, that's not guaranteed for a team. Either, no, I'm not though. saying this guaranteed. Not every team just, comes in yes. hot. And most teams that do come in hot are teams that have to play with that kind and of sense those of those are the wild, those are the wild, those are the wild card right. teams. So yes. as a result, most of those kinds of teams, wild card teams or division, you know, teams that don't have a first round bye. Sure. So. so as a result, you don't really see as many of those kinds of teams. You're right in some circumstances. The Chiefs in 2016 were a two seed, mm-hmm. and they were they were hot because they had to stave off the Raiders at the end of the season to win the division, and they ended up having the bye and losing to the Steelers. So it's possible where that kind of thing does happen. But, again, it's not definitely circumstantial. And you know the way I think I believe in a team can be too hot and a team can lose momentum very easily, and you can't rely on doing that kind of things. You still have to game plan. You still have to strategize. Well, of course you got to strategize everything, and yes. it's not but, always just I would believe in myself because every but, team believes in themselves. Yeah, I understand that. But it's like, I mean – when you get hot, you just want to keep rolling that on. You just want to keep going and going and going, and you don't want to stop because you could you could just easily lose it. Right. The problem is though, it's just, there's just been less of that, just because there's no. Still I, under, I understand other that, confidence. Across everyone the says league. if you get hot at the right time, it's going to take you. Which pretty is far. also kind of deceiving though. Too, it is deceiving, but it it doesn't. Football, especially in the NFC, is a very it, it high doesn't it doesn't sport. hurt though. It, don't, it doesn't hurt. Well, sure. I'm just saying it, it's a high-parity mm-hmm. sport, and it's very hard. And you've even seen two underdog one or two seeds take advantage of circumstances and be able to do well. Yeah. The Eagles, obviously, a prominent example of that. When they were not only not favored because they had a backup quarterback by people, they were even a betting odds. Well, they got, they got hot because Nick Foles was hot. That's why. Nick, you have a hot. Right, but so. here's the other thing, too. Nick Foles, while he was winning no, no, some no games. One, no one predicted the Eagles to win the Super Bowl that year. No, no, I, no I don't think anyone did either. No. I, I did in the actual Super Bowl, but not to get well, there. Well, not to get I there. Asked, no one had them even going there. So no, it's, no, right, because the NFC South was a deep uh, – mm-hmm opponent a deep division where they had three good opponents that i thought could definitely well, go there i had the saints but a lot of people thought atlanta could go back and even the vikings when they beat the saints after like that it, it just seemed mm-hmm. like some kind of destiny for them they're going to get to play at their home fields it just seemed like something like that was happening and they were obviously a yeah. better team too so but, there was definitely those kinds of circumstances but you have that kind of thing now with because of the home fields where you can say oh nope you're going to play down not play down to us, but you're going to underestimate us because we're not believed, but the crowd will still back them, and sometimes they can stave off that kind of thing. Same thing with the Broncos the, when they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So their offense was so bad that nobody trusted them. Yeah, true. And yet they they beat the Steelers, who were depleted, but still beat them. They beat the Patriots in, again, a very close game, but they still beat the mm-hmm. Patriots when the Patriots were clearly the better team. And Carolina, who is a great team on paper, and was the way they beat Arizona, you, th- you were thinking, all right, they could beat the Broncos similarly, and the Broncos upset them too. So mm. it, sometimes you just have that kind of thing, but the home field does help in those kinds of circumstances too, just based on recent trends. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it could be more difficult. Now, in this kind of year, we've seen the Seahawks lost, lose twice at home. Yeah, but they, I we've think seen the Seahawks the will lose win twice the, they will win this division. They might. I'm just saying that. Regardless, uh, they are also 
a better Road Warrior team than we've seen in the past, too. And they've lost twice. Well, who they, they, they got what? They got San Francisco the last game of the year. And who are they playing next week? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think it's a South team. Let's see. Let's look at the schedule now. Yeah, I think it's. No, they played the Panthers just recently. No, it's not a South team. Oh, Arizona. So they're going to. Oh, it is Arizona. They, okay. And it's in Seattle. So they, that, that, that's a win yeah, right there. Yeah, they should win that. So and, then, and then you got San Francisco playing the Rams. Okay, so they're both in, in at San Francisco. So I yeah, mean, they're both divisional. So those are games they should win. But again, so to me, the Rams, the Rams are out as a wild card. They, they they got no shot at getting in. Yeah, I didn't think they did anyway. But it, it's well, they were hot for the last three weeks, and then but they, hot they, ends at some point. It does, <laughs> so I know, I know. <laughs> the Rams are a very one-dimensional team on both sides of the ball. True. So eventually, that was going to come to. So the, let's just say Seattle, Seattle wins the West. San Fran will get a wild card spot. Then you go over to South. The South, the Saints got the division there, so nothing's coming out of that. Um, right. And then you got Green Bay and Minnesota. They're going to be fighting for a division spot. Well, right. division win this this week. And the point is, I think, where Minnesota, if they win the division and maybe they get a bye somehow, or if the Niners win the division and they throw a loophole well, into that, then all of a sudden you're not dealing with a – Dominant home field as being the one seed. Yeah, well, the, the Packers they got the the Vikings and then the, at the Lions, so they got they got two road games, but sh- they should probably beat the Lions. They should, but the Lions did play them close in the first meeting, so we'll see. And, and then Minnesota the, has the other two combination of NFC North teams. So well, yeah, they have, and they're both at home. Well, they got yeah the the, the Bears and the, pa- but the Packers, they're both and the Bears. At, they're yeah. both at home though, so that could definitely help them. Now I think Minnesota. Well, I think I think whoever wins this game Monday night is going to win a division. Well, Minnesota though has to win, has to hope Green Bay loses though too because they already lost. But I, to I, Chicago. But I don't think I don't think Green Bay will lose to Chicago. Right, but I, not I'm not talking I about mean, to Chicago. I'm talking about to Detroit. Oh, Detroit. Minnesota yes. lost to Chicago earlier in the year, so yes. they're not going to have the divisional tiebreaker, if that's the case. And Green Bay already beat Minnesota in the first meeting. So yes. That, it, right so now I, so I think Green Bay is going to win the division. Right, they need help if they're yes. going to win the division. So then Minnesota should get the, the wild. But actually, here's something interesting, though, because if the Rams, I don't know if they can get in. If they win their two games and then the Vikings lose it too, the Rams are going to get a wild card spot. I get, it depend, they'll both be, that would depend on conference record, though, too. They'll, they'll both be 10 and 6. They would both be 10 and 6. So, if so the, Ram, com, com, the, Rams, the Rams conference record is 6 and 4, and the Vikings are 7 and 3. So the Vikings are in there. Yeah. There's no way. So the rest of the Rams are Oh, wait, no, no, they're not because. They still got two more No, because the Rams, right, the Rams would lose, win out, and the Vikings would lose out. So, yeah, the Rams, I thought I thought the conference records were even. That's interesting. No, they're 6-4. They're and Because the Vikings lost to the Chiefs out of conference, and the Rams lost The Vikings to, are 7-3, and three, and the Rams are 6-4. Oh, the Rams four. lost to Ravens and the Steelers. Yes. That's right. So the, the Rams still pretend. Yeah, so they still got Mathematically still in it. Right. I, I don't think they're getting in, though, no. but they're going to have to. Beat the 49ers, and then they're going to have to – who's they play the last They game? play Arizona. So they would have to win one of those games, yes. both of those games. Yes. And Minnesota would have to lose out, which, again, it's possible, but it's – I mean, they would have to the, – this, this is the game they have to win. They have to beat the 49ers Sunday night, and then they're going to have to beat the Cardinals the following week, and they need Minnesota to lose the next yeah, two games. Yeah, I think that's a small chance. It's very – it's a small chance, but it's a chance. With so. the way that – the Rams are right now structured, so that's going to be very hard. And then we go to the division, which is whoever wins this game in the East is going to win a division between the Cowboys. Right, and we the know Eagles. we know that already. And so then Dallas would most likely play San Francisco. Dallas would get a home game. Yeah, that, and that's going to be New Orleans tricky. and 
I don't know. It's either New Orleans and Seattle, I think, are going to have the buys. Well, New Orleans has a has a game this week against the Titans, and then they got Carolina in the season. Now, the Titans will not be an easy matchup for no. the sake of, one, it's a road game for them, and two, that with all the defensive line injuries they have against Derrick Henry, that could be hard, yeah. too. And then, and then I guess Green Bay would play Minnesota? Yep, Green Bay plays Minnesota if they're the three seed. Or again, yeah. if the Vikings maybe flip flop and win the division, then they would play at home and Green Bay would be a six, maybe. So it's definitely looking That's like those kinds of circumstances. But again, if so- a team that isn't mm. Seattle or New Orleans gets the one seed, it, could, it definitely can make it interesting in terms of not definitive home field. Because if there is a definitive home field, that's where I think it'll be hard. And that's why I think this win for the Saints was so big, because they're the only one that doesn't have to play one of those other teams. So it's not going to necessarily cancel out. Now, obviously, Seattle and Green Bay Well, New Orleans would have the home field advantage throughout the playoffs if they get the best record. The same thing goes for Seattle. Right. What I'm saying is, though, because there's not a guarantee. Now, Now, what if they all finish with all the same records? Uh, I think the Saints would still be the three because they have the least conference games left. And being they're already behind because of that tiebreaker, I think if it's Green Bay, hard. New Orleans, and Seattle all finish with the same record, so the Packers would get home field or Seattle would get home Seattle field? Seattle has home field right now. Right now. So I would imagine it would stay the same just because it's all conference record. Mm. Green Bay has all divisional games, and Seattle has all divisional games left. So True. I, you're dealing with... Something where either way, whatever not, whatever team has the home field advantage, right. it's gonna be hard to it's go not, to and win. So right. it's not gonna really mess it up unless again, New Orleans maybe splits. Like if all three of them split the rest of the season, and New Orleans loses against Tennessee and beats Carolina, and then Seattle and Green Bay split with whoever they play left. Then I don't know because mm-hmm. I'm not sure how the conference records would work after that. I I don't. Imagine it would be separated by one game because the Saints didn't lose another out of conference game. No. But well, Green Bay, did, I don't know if Green Bay lost two though because Green, Green Bay only, Green Bay is eight and two in the conference. Right, Green Bay only lost the Chargers, and then out the of Saints conference. are the Saints are eight and three, and then the Seattle three, right. Seahawks and the 49ers are both eight and two in the conference. Yes, and Seattle I think only lost once out of conference too mm-hmm. against the Ravens. So yeah, they would end up being tied. So then it would go back to the common games, which is very interesting. And all that, so that's the only scenario where it would work. Otherwise, if all all of these went out, then it's the then it's the pa- uh, the Saints okay. as the three and the Seahawks as one. Packers so that's that's what it looks like for the NFC. Right, that's I what mean, it looks like for the and NFC, I, and that's I mean, why the big win for the Saints. I, I is still so big. don't know if the Cowboys can win that division. I I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just again I don't I don't, think I don't so trust Jason Garrett in a big it'll, game. It'll be a tough task, and especially with the weaknesses that the the Cowboys have shown in certain games. It's going to be very hard. To well, like I said, if the if the Cowboys team shows up that played the Rams last week, they'll have no problem winning that game. And Philly's always a good team late in the season. So and I, Dallas doesn't really play well that well in Philly. Mm-hmm. They don't. Right. They have, they've had bad times in Philly. It's weird because it used to be the other way around where the road team would always win that rivalry, but lately True. it's been more home. Well, well, we shall see what happens with the NFC. Now going on to the AFC. Uh, the AFC. Got an interesting matchup in the East. I mean, with the Patriots and the Bills, they both play each other this Saturday. Mm-hmm. That's and gonna say that's a lot. Gonna, that to me, that's that's the game of the week right there. The, it's gonna say a lot about the state of the Bills in terms well, yes. of what we can think of it's in more, the playoffs. It's gonna say more about the Bills and the Patriots. It's gonna say a lot more about the Bills just with the state of what they could be in the playoffs mm-hmm. too, because we know they're already in. It's just a matter of what will they present. If they could beat the Patriots and maybe beat them in a different way, 
and have their offense be more trustworthy. Well, who's home? Buffalo's home? No, Patriots are home. Oh, Patriots are home. So, so that, that's going to be a tough game in right, Foxborough. But, but, the, but Buffalo's, it doesn't matter. They're they used to that cold weather. It doesn't really matter for them. But again, kind of weather. playoff environment. But playing more environment, yes. But that's what I'm looking at. But again, I mean, yeah, the Patriots have the number one defense in the NFL. But, I mean, Buffalo's right there, too. What are they ranked? Top five? Buffalo was... Yeah, uh, Buffalo was third, and I think they were. Third. And I think mm-hmm. they were after the Niners. I think the second best pass defense. Mm-hmm. The problem is their run defense is still very average, so that's what makes it hard. But Buffalo needs to get used to that kind of playoff environment too. Whether, and again, if they can get a home game, so it the would Patriots help. could actually wind up as a wild card. Yeah, but <laughs> again, I think, like I was saying, with the Saints and the and the Packers and the Seahawks, because the Patriots have the common games tiebreaker too. That's what's going to make it tricky for Buffalo. So they're going to have to hope something well, weird Well, Patriots happens. win this so, game. They win the division. So yeah, and, so then, I, and then it just depends on if they can get the number one seed. Well, I don't think they're going to get the number one seed because Baltimore's too tough. Right. So, so Patriots will probably be two. Uh, Baltimore will be one. Yeah, they're going to have to hope they can well, get Well, Buffalo help. clinched, so they're, they're, they're either right. a wild card or a division. They're going to have – the Ravens are going to – the Patriots are going to get help – have to get help from the Ravens losing to – the Browns or the Steelers, which is going to be hard. And well, I mean, well, so what do we got? We got two. We got one more wild card spot. Are you either the North or out of the South? Because the Raiders. Uh, I'm the, trusting the Titans more. The, Ra- the Raiders are done, so they 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 they're a mess. And then uh, I warned you about the Raiders. I, you know what? They were hot for a minute. I know. And I warned I, you. I had, I had faith in them, but then just Derek, Derek Carr started playing like garbage. And their defense. And their defense stunk. And Gruden, yeah, they, Gruden just looks. Their defense traded their best corner and. They had other injuries. You know, I, in I, feel, I feel bad for John. All I feel bad for John Gruden. I really do. Well, yeah. I mean, they, they're going to get rid of Derek Carr and no. Get, yeah, I'm telling you, Derek Carr, Carr's played well. Derek it's Carr mainly, is a goner. He's gone. He's played well considering the, 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 the rumors that Mariota might go there. That's what I heard. Derek Carr's a better quarterback than Mariota is, and also Derek Carr has had to play with. His best receiver being a yeah, good him, Tyrell him Williams. Him and Gruden don't get along. What evidence do you have of that? There's certain games, sure, but every quarterback's like it's, that. It's they'll from what I heard. No, they, they, they've been having problems. If they had problems, they would, he would have been gone earlier. He's gone after this year, i tell you that right now. No. Watch. It would, have happened, it would have happened already if it did. He's gone. Because John Gruden, if, if he knew that Derek Carr didn't like his offense, they would have traded him last year. And they would have drafted a quarterback when they had an early pick. Well, they're not going to have they, an early they, pick now. Well, they have two number one. They have two uh, first round picks this year. Yes, they have two middle first round picks. Is this it year. middle? Well, yes. One's Chicago's pick and yeah. one's their own. Yes. So it's going to be two picks in the teens. So you're gambling on a quarterback. Yeah, unless they try point. and trade up, who knows? Yeah, but is that the best move for them to do either? I don't, so, know. I don't know. I don't know. But, but anyway, they're, but they're going out. back to the yes. wild card, I, I still have more trust in the Titans right now. Now the over, Titans over the Steelers. Yeah, because the Titans they do have to play the Saints, but the Steelers. They just, well, they they just lost to Buffalo. They lost to it. They lost. They lost yeah, a tough the game. Yeah, the Steelers. I don't know what to make of them. They have too many. Injuries well, listen. On well, they, 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 well, here we go. They're playing the Jets, so that uh, I mean, the Steelers should beat the Jets. They should, but the Jets defense. And then is playing and then well. they got to play the Ravens, but. But here's the thing: Are the Ravens gonna just like sit back, or they're gonna try and knock the Steelers out? All right, it's interesting because that's a big rivalry right there. See, there's they're, two interesting yes. takes I have on this. I think the Jets though can beat the Steelers for two reasons: one, their defense is still playing really well, yeah, and they can stop the run, and two, Le'Veon Bell's gonna want to stick it to them, 
and I think that's, oh. that's going to make a big difference in this game. He wants to prove he wants to prove that he was right, and the Steelers need him more than he realized. And well, that's still, gonna, the Steelers realize because they tried trading back for him. I know that. I'm just saying <laughs> that's his mindset. It makes re- no sense at all. Why would you want to trade back for somebody that you just released and didn't want to? No, I don't believe they wanted to do that either. I think Le'Veon Bell was just saying that to take a shot at them. Well, I don't know. But I, then here, but, I don't believe that. For but a again, second. now now you have the Tennessee has two tough games. They have the right. Saints and they have the Texans. Right. So you now, trust Tennessee to win two of those games? Yeah, because I think not necessarily two, but I also think the Steelers could lose out and the uh, the Titans could win one. I think the Titans could beat the Texans in the second meeting because I think the I think the Texans are a very up and down kind of team too. I mean, and the Titans played better in the second. half I mean, of they that both game. don't have easy schedules, but I think Tennessee has the hardest schedule. They do. It's just, just because I mean, Baltimore might want to just sit back. But then again, I mean, do you want to risk like hurting Lamar Jackson in that game? They might be conservative with Lamar Jackson, but they might. That's be able what to, I'm saying. But so, they but they might just win on talent. They have a lot more talent than the Steelers do. So yeah, they might I, just yes, win on do. talent the alone. Do yes, yes. They no, even it. the Ravens. I'm talking about the Ravens could just win on a conservative game plan too, with all the talent they have and all the injuries Pittsburgh has. So uh, I, I think know. they could trust their defense to win that game. I don't think that. The Steelers right now have enough offensively to even look at the Jets' defense. Nevertheless, the Ravens. So it's gonna right now. That's gonna be tricky. And I think the Titans have a t- offensive talent that is emerging now. So I I, I they, trust them a little more. Yeah, but do you trust Ryan Tannehill? I know he's playing. He's playing good. really well. He is. But do you trust him? I do. I mean, after all those bad more- years that he had in Miami, I mean. Yeah, you really trust tr- Ryan Tannehill. I trust him in a more stable coaching staff, more receiving talent. Derrick Henry is better than any running back well, Miami ever yes, had. And yes, that's true. Yes, even the tight ends are pretty good. So I, I look at it where I can trust him to win those kinds of games, and he did that in Miami too, where the team started off really badly. And like you always say, teams get hot at the right time. They do. And that the Titans had a. Even though they lost the Texans, they played well. It wasn't really a bad loss, and maybe they were just too hot. I don't think they're going to go into a free fall because of it. And the Saints, even though they're a really good team, they're, they could have a weakness of run defense with losing Sheldon Rankins and losing Marcus Davenport and also having some injuries at the linebacker mm-hmm. position that could feed right into what the Titans like to do. So I actually trust that from a game-planning standpoint that they might be able to steal that game more than I think the Steelers could steal a game from the Ravens. So I think that makes it hard. It does make it hard, but is that, that's going to be interesting. So, I, I mean. I could, and, again, I could really see the Steelers losing to the Jets. I really can. I, see, I don't see that. I really I can. Don't, I don't see that. The Steelers' that. offense does not scare me. It doesn't scare me, but neither are the Jets. No, the Jets' offense doesn't scare me either. But It doesn't at all. I mean, Sam Darnold played all right against the Ravens, considering the circumstances. And, and the Steelers' defense, while it's, still, it's improved, it's well, not well, the Ravens. Pittsburgh's on the road. so Yeah, and I, and I really do think that the Le'Veon Bell thing does have some merit to it. It, it could, but, I mean, I don't know. And the, the Steelers' run defense has not been world-class either. They've been better than they were in the beginning of the season, but it's mainly been their pass defense that has been great, and the Jets might not throw the ball – as much, and even when they have, Sam Darnold has done well recently against some other good defenses right. too. So, I right now I trust the Titans more, whether they lose to the Saints or because they're both eight and six. So. Yeah, I could see the Steelers losing out and the Titans just squeaking in at nine and seven, even if they do lose to the Saints. True. So could and I and again I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities they beat the Saints either because they win a lot of weird games too. 
They they have, but isn't isn't um Juju Juju's healthy now, right? Juju Smith. Sure, but again, he hasn't played in a while. Is he? No, gonna, I, yeah, is I he going to be asked? But, but he's a, he could give that team a boost. Sure, but it also could be something where Greg Williams, a smart defensive coordinator, can game plan for mm-hmm. too, and they could quote unquote make him run. They could do a lot of different things with that. And while the Jets' defense, talent-wise, they're all banged up too. Greg Williams can still game plan with a shadow on Juju and make somebody like Deontay Johnson or the the kid, uh, I don't even remember his name now, the rookie that played last week or Deion Kane or somebody like Something that. Something like that, man. Something make, make some one of those guys beat him or one of the backup tight ends. The Steelers are just so many injuries right now on their offense where it's really tough to trust. And they were just, I think, being driven on teams playing down to them for a mm-hmm. while. And just really an easy schedule, but I don't know if they can get away with that anymore. No, I don't know. So I'm going to say the Patriots are going to be the two seed. Baltimore's going to be the one seed. Then the, obviously the Bills have the, the wild card. They could be the three. Uh, no, uh, bu- no. Buffalo again, no, Kansas City would be the three, right? Buffalo, oh, no. Yeah, Buffalo would be a five if they're uh, wild card. Yeah, so, so a five. And then you have Houston. Houston. They got it. Tampa this week. Yeah, but see, is it, can Tennessee win that division too? They'd have to beat the Saints to do it, though. That's what I'm saying. So that would be difficult. And then they could beat the Texans, and that changes everything again. No, see, the problem is the Texans would also have to lose too, because the Titans are three and th- or two and three. Two in and the three division, in division, yeah. Whereas the Texans are four and one. Yes. Are, yeah, they only lost to the Colts, whereas t- Tennessee also lost. Yeah, to but Jacksonville, uh, but if Tennessee so. wins the next two games, that puts them at ten and six, and if, if Houston loses, that puts them at nine and seven. Yeah, they yeah lose out is what I'm saying. That, yeah. Now they have to go play Tampa so it's Bay. So it still can happen. It can, but Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is playing really good. Uh, J- J- the, Jason, um, what's his name? Jameis Winston. Uh, Jameis Winston, yes. But here's the problem. They lost Mike Evans for the season. Yeah, that's true. And they that lost was, that Chris was a big Godwin loss. in that game. That was a big loss. Yes. So if Chris Godwin doesn't play, you're down to what? Brashad Perriman and yeah. a bunch of rookies as your receivers. True. Are you going to be able to win like that? And they're not no. a running team. No, so they're not. True. The true. Texans are the middle of the field defense to stop the tight ends. I I don't really see that being a, a matchup that Tampa can really expose. Unless, again, Houston just really has that bad of a dud. But that's really going to be hard. Yeah. That's why I say I really think it's kind of safe to say the Texans will win the division. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of what seed they'll be. And it'll be a matter of how much the Titans win to get in. But I still trust them, again, more than the Steelers do I, right now. Oh. Just because I think the Steelers just have too much to deal with. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. I mean... I think I have a little more faith in the, the, the Steelers than I do the Titans. Just because I don't trust Brian Tannehill. But I don't, I don't – I mean, I know um, I don't trust the Pittsburgh quarterback either, but – I just trust the health of the offensive weapons. Well, yeah, because, like, I mean, Tennessee Titans. does have a good offensive line, and their defense is pretty good. Well, they their rank, defense is very good. They're top, they, they rank top five. They're d- uh, I don't know – I don't know if they're top five. They were at one point. They're they're definitely top ten. The problem is their their pass defense hasn't been as good lately because they they lost Malcolm Butler for the year mm. and they uh, had trouble with injuries with their safeties earlier in the year. So their pass defense I think is below average, which is stopping them from being top five. But I think they're definitely top ten because their run defense and pass rush is nice. Yeah, I mean it's going to be interesting to find out what happens with these next two weeks coming up in the NFL. Yeah, yes. so I, I think as a whole, it's going to be definitely very interesting in the NFC for sure. The AFC is just a couple things to sort out, really. Mm-hmm. And that's where we stand right now. So well, uh, let's go to one more quick break. 
three-minute break or so. And when we come back, we'll get in a little baseball. I don't know if Errol was supposed to come in or not, but I guess well, he's not here. So well, we'll find out. I guess we'll, we'll stop. We'll stop after that if he doesn't. All right, so third and long here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network here from Ray's Cafe, 150 Motor Parkway in Hopog, New York. So we will take a very quick break, probably three minutes, and when we come back, we'll get into some of the latest baseball news and uh, trade rumors and stuff like that, big signings for pitchers lately, and as usual, the Mets being the Mets. (laughs) We'll get into that when we come back here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You, you, you are listening to the Third and Long Show. And here's your hosts, Matty Caps and KT Hepburn. Welcome back here to the Third and Long Show here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We are live now Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and you can listen to our pre recorded stuff on many other social media platforms, including now radio.com. We are one of 16 sports radio shows and networks on radio.com, so very exclusive there. Again, no Maddie Caps, no Katie Hepburn today. Just being speedy. So, again, <laughs> speedy feedy here with the beef here. So we're going to get a little baseball final 11 or so minutes of the show. It's two big sign-slash-trades over the weekend. Madison Bumgarner, five years, $85 million to the Arizona Diamondbacks. That was a weird, interesting choice. It wasn't It wasn't an interesting choice in the sense where the Diamondbacks are a weird team to go to because they're not a bad team. They're a wild-card contending team. The Dodgers will win that division. They're not a great team. Yeah, but they're a pretty good team, and, again, they definitely need the pitching. What I'm surprised at is just how much much money he went for. I thought Mm. he would get a lot more than he did. Yeah, maybe That's I mean not a very high average annual value. I think it's like sixteen point four or something like that. It's well, not, when, when the Yankees, I mean, even when the Yankees signed Jared um, Cole, they they weren't going after Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> no, so. but even so, I thought that would have freed up the money for other teams because obviously, if you're going to get into a bidding war with the higher market teams, the higher market teams in most circumstances win. But now that the Yankees were out of the loop, it seemed like it gave more of a outlet for another team to pay that kind of money and it wasn't going to be unreasonable like I thought he would have gotten more at least than Zach Wheeler did Zach Wheeler got five years 119 from the Phillies he got overpaid Zach Wheeler so as a result I would have thought Madison Bumgarner would have gotten if he was going to get a five-year deal he would have gotten something in the 150 area 130 140 something like that Like, I thought he would have still gotten something like that. The fact that he got five years, 85, for him being only really... And he's 30 30 years old. Yeah, he's a year older than Wheeler. He's a better pitcher than Wheeler. So, it was just very surprising that, as a result, it ended up being that way Did he pitch better than Wheeler last year? I don't know. I I think Wheeler had a better season than Okay, but if it is, not by much. And when you're judging longevity, you're judging trustworthiness. No, I understand that, yes. Zach Wheeler, he's been good in the second halves in, in the past, but... Again, Bumgarner has still been notoriously the better pitcher. Now, he's had some weird injuries lately, but so has Wheeler. So that kind of cancels out. You got the fact that lefty pitchers especially are a premium. Mm -hmm. And massive Bumgarner, especially for a contending team with his postseason history, could do a lot. And the fact that he only got 85 is very surprising. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know if he has, like, endorsement, what endorsement deals he has going on also. So, I mean, but. 
I'm not Again. sure because he's not really that no. high key kind yeah, but of guy. Yeah, but he, he does have – he probably has some kind of – Well, sure. Yeah. I'm just saying I think, something. I think it's a lower tier kind of thing where if he does have – Endorsement deals from higher end companies. Yeah, are not maybe, really as maybe that's all. Maybe that's all that teams were offering him. Maybe I'm just surprised though, because he's a better pitcher than five years eighty five. And you can give me five years eighty five. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll take that right now. Yeah. But again, I mean, it, it, you could say it's a little surprising, and I, I'm just surprised that he went to the Diamondbacks. I, I didn't think he would go there. I mean, he, there were rumors he wanted to stay in the National League, so that didn't surprise me either. And him being a Southern guy, he's from Texas. Mm-hmm. I, Arizona's not like, it's super far from that in terms of No, it's not, but I'm just country. surprised that's a team that he went to because he wants. I think he wants to win. And Well, he's won, so he's not going to have as much urgency to win. He still wants to win. Everyone wants sure, to win. So sure, it's, but I think as well that that geographical end of it might have factored into it more and – the Rangers maybe didn't offer him maybe because they wanted Kluber over him, which obviously we're going to get to in a bit. But maybe that was the only options. And, again, the only other contending team from that kind of area is the Braves. But the Braves also have a lot of other pitching, too. They just went after Cole Hamels, so they don't really need him as much. And so when you factor that all into consideration, well, maybe that was the only maybe option. Maybe he should have went to Philly because doesn't Philly need a little pitching? They might not have enough money left to do so. Yeah, true. They're signing still Didi and Wheeler and all these other guys that after an offseason where they brought in Bryce Harper, they brought in J.C. Realmuto. You, they the Philadelphia in, Phillies. Yeah, they, they brought have, in Arietta. They, they, <laughs> they have a scary team. They do, but they don't have much room money-wise, if they want to make another move, too, if sure. they do have issues during the season. So that's mm-hmm. what's going to make it hard. So they're going to have to hope they hit on all these off-season moves in order for them yeah, to do I mean, it. He wants to stay in Arizona for five years. Do you see Arizona winning a, a World Series within five I years? mean, we'll see how the player no. development kind of thing is because uh, the Dodgers are always going to be in their way in terms of winning divisions. Yes. But, again, we've seen it, baseball especially, wild-card teams do well in the past. So it's not, it's not impossible where that kind of thing can happen. Now, again, their front office has to do a better job in terms of making deals and holding on to players. Because that's always something that I think has crippled them in the past. They've always made a lot of bad trades. They've always got rid of players too early. Mm-hmm. And I think that really hurts them when it comes to them being a player development franchise. Because I think they do well in terms of bringing guys up. And I do think they have young talent. It's just the young talent keeps getting recycled a lot of the time or it keeps getting impulsively getting rid of. So the front office has to do a better job of being patient with that. And I think they have progressed nicely in that. They've made some good, smart trades lately. And they have young talent on that team. And I think they can be the second-best team in that division. Mm. It's just a matter of can they build enough where they could be the second or first wild-card team in a much deeper National League. Because the East is very good. you still got the Cubs and Cardinals in the Central. so it, And the Brewers, if they don't trade pieces away. So you got... Definitely some factors to consider. But I think they can definitely build something. They have young talent, and they have a GM that's looking a little smarter now. Yeah, true. I mean, he is a little smarter, but, I mean, you, that's what you want to be for five years for the rest of your career, most likely. We'll see. I and, mean, and, like, possibly never have a chance to win again. Like, to me, he should have went to a contending team. But, again, a lot of contending teams either Again, won. but we don't know what else was offered to him. We don't know what other teams offered him, what right. kind of money. So, and maybe this was the best deal on the table, but, and he said, let me take this deal. But remember what I mentioned, too. Most contending teams of that geographic vicinity, the Rain, uh, not the Rangers, the Braves and the Dodgers, 
they are not as urgent for a starting pitcher. You have to still need no, that kind of thing. Yes, I understand. And the Dodgers, I think. But he could have went to the American League. Right, but again, where you're, what are you dealing with there? Because you're, like I said, I think him being from the South, he wanted to go to the South. So then you're dealing with in the well, American l- League. Well, l- look at a team like Houston. They just lost, you know, one of their pitchers. Right? They did. And so I, that maybe, was definitely a possibility. Maybe he could have went to Houston but the, instead. But the Astros are also money crippled, too, now, with one having to take in Grinky's contract and yeah. two having to re-sign their other players. Yeah, well, so I think like, the Astros are tri- – what they're going to do is they're going to try to find a bargain pitcher. And they've done that for a while now, too. Charlie Morton, before he got good, was considered a quote-unquote – Yeah, but you just lost one of your best pitchers, and maybe they should have tried to replace them. I understand that. But they do it so well with the way they rebirth pitchers that I trust them to be able to do the let's find a gem kind of thing more than a lot of other teams. So they might have not wanted to spend the money, and that's why they're – now in rumors of trading Correa, too, because they can't afford everybody. So, Well, but they Houston, have to make, Houston's got problems anyway. They so. have to make sacrifices somewhere, and that's why once I figure that they were trying to deal other pieces away, it would have been harder for them to be able to get Bumgarner. Now, at the price that the Diamondbacks signed him for, they probably could have, but maybe they didn't know that at the time kind Houston of thing. definitely could have gotten him for five years, $85 million. Right, but I'm saying they he might have – Bumgarner – might have gone there at the time and giving them contract offers at a certain price to go there, and then the Astros say no because maybe they have the money issues, and mm. maybe eventually when they settled on it, they didn't want him back. So teams can be restrictive that well, way. They could. I mean, but that's the main – that's the team I would have went to because, you know, Houston still has a good team, and they still can make the well, playoffs. Of course. So. I'm just saying it, it, it's so going to be – To me, that, that was the better landing spot than the Arizona. Well, yeah, they're the more obvious in so. terms of present contender – in terms of what they've done, but again, I mean, I, I would have took them on the Mets, but the Mets weren't going to give them that kind of money anyway. So. No, no, and again, another team that doesn't—they have weren't going to pay Wheeler, they right. weren't going to pay Bumgarner. Te- so there's another—that's another team though that doesn't have a quote-unquote urgency for a starter. No, but they will. Either. But I mean, they don't. Yeah, but they got to spend money. Of course, we know that. It's just—it's. It's they a, need. It's bullpen. a joke. They need bullpen. They need bullpen, but they—they they signed two um, pitchers. They signed two starting depth pitchers, which. Yeah, but that means to me that's saying that they're going to move someone to the bullpen. We'll see. I think they're going to decide that during the season. I don't think it's going to be something that's set in stone right now. No, it's not going to be set in stone now, but someone's going to go to the bullpen because sure. they have, they I have think too that, many starters. Right. That, I think that'll happen during the season, too. And it's probably going to be Seth Lugo. Well, Seth Lugo's already in the bullpen. Well, he is a bullpen, yeah. Really, well, yeah, really he's still, still stay. the competition. It's, yeah, but he was a starting pitcher. Yeah, three years ago. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, though. But. <laughs> three years ago, and he, he pitched in the bullpen and was the best reliever they had last year, so yeah. they really don't have a choice right now but to leave him there. So, as a result, I think... They'll just decide that in the season. They could even, again, well, you're not going to put Mats in the bullpen. I don't want he, them to put Mats in the bullpen. He was, he was, he was your best pitcher last year. Not a, not really that. It's more when he struggles, he struggles early. Early, which is bad yes, for he a does. Reliever. Yes. I don't really want that in a reliever. If you, I mean, do you try and trade Syndergaard? You, I would imagine they're still doing it because they got a lot of really good offers at the trade deadline, especially from the Padres. So, We'll have to see how that ends up happening. It's very possible. His market is very strange, though, and I've said that many times, where he's a very good stuff pitcher, and he has a lot of potential still with his age, but he hasn't been a good quote-unquote pitching pitcher where he doesn't use a lot of his pitchers, and he tries to go for the strikeout Mm -hmm. too much where he hasn't been as efficient going longer in games. So that's something definitely to factor in. And again, also the injury risk as well, our team's going to want to take it on for that kind of price that the Mets are offering because the Mets are not going to sell low on Syndergaard. No. 
they're going to keep him if they can. And the Padres, again, the Padres, I think the Astros as well at the trade deadline were giving him very strong mm-hmm. offers. But we'll have to see if that's going to go in the offseason. So one more thing before we go, because we have, it's almost 6 o'clock. Corey Kluber also dealt as well to the Texas Rangers for prospect Emmanuel Chase, who isn't even in the top 100 of pitching <laughs> prospects, and Delano DeShields, who's a decent young center fielder for what he is. He's a speed defense guy. He can occasionally hit for batting average. But a great trade for the Rangers, though, I think, and the Indians really got fleeced badly. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And this was my concern about why I said they weren't going to trade Kluber. Your Kluber is coming off his first injury, so I'm not going to say he's injury prone, but for somebody that old and somebody that, had, that missed most of the season with that kind of injury – and it wasn't even pitching well, but even before that, you're trading him on a really big low, which I don't think they would want to do Uh-oh. right now. Phone call. All right, we got a phone call. Worldwide Sports Radio Network, welcome to Third and Long. Hey, this is uh, Nissen. Oh, hey. This is uh, Nissen. How you doing? He's called uh, Errol's show a couple of times. Oh, okay. How you doing? How you doing? How are you guys doing today? All right, good, how, how are you? you? Good, good, good. Uh, I want. I heard you guys talking about baseball, so it, uh, I have a quick – I have a – Talk about the, some baseball points, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Go for it. Yeah, so uh, as you know, I'm a big Yankee fan also. Uh, like, we talked about the Garrett Cole signing. But uh, so I'm hoping so tomorrow, I guess, uh, it's official. Tomorrow, they, they, we're going to introduce him at 11 uh, at Yankee Stadium. So, but I'm just trying to figure out what's taking so long for him to sign the official contract. And do you think there's a, do you think Brian Cashman has something up his sleeve, like another big move? Because uh, we're thinking of trading Jay Hatch to make room for Garrett Cole, but nothing's happening yet. And, uh, and until tomorrow's press conference, I don't. Do you think? Do you think uh, Cashman has something up? Uh, like another big move? Not big move. I think no, it's just not a big more, move. Yeah. I think it's just more to shed salary at this point because Garrett Cole is their big. They're move. probably working on like incentives and like you know stuff like that. Right, and like, I think know, they were trying to manage how to figure out. How to re- yeah. how they would it's a big contract Gardner. so they right. got to yeah and they try to figure out how to just restructure the rest of the team they re-signed Gardner and I All think right. they, they really wanted to do that for a while especially now with Hicks being hurt so I think they want to do that for a while and I think they're if they're going to do anything maybe in terms of just a roster construction they might be a trade but it's not going to be a another big high money sign no they, the Yankees got what they needed and I think they're all set so yeah they're all set so? in terms of big contracts yeah yeah. I think it's rest, the rest of it's really roster I mean, filling. But again, that, that, that's what they were missing. They were missing that big pitcher, and they, right. they got yeah. what they they got what they needed. And you know, if they don't win a World Series now, then you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. Right. So maybe <laughs> I, my biggest guess is they're maybe trying to explore, explore the trade market with Hap. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, yeah, but they again, don't they don't need to trade Hap though for yeah, what uh, for for sh- uh, salary room. Is what oh, salary saying. room. Okay, if you want to say that, yeah, for so. salary room. So just because they have. A lot of pitchers. Yeah, but their whole team is basically set. They don't need any more fill-ins. Like, what, what do they need? So, uh, well, they have young talent that might not make the roster because of it, too. And then also in terms of the luxury tax, in terms of having to pay players, they might have to pay players during the season, too. Yeah, I true. I think is more what they're doing. So they're just trying to explore what they get before just impulsively releasing him, I think. Yeah, yeah and then also um, because we need a we need a backup catcher, and uh, Austin Romine is gone now to Detroit, and I was thinking – I was bringing up some ideas because uh, I was, I'm trying to get – I'm busy over here, too, uh, trying to get ready for a podcast. We're doing a big show in New York uh, after the holidays, our podcast show, so with my friends. So I'm trying to come up with some ideas to, to talk about for our show also. But um, I was thinking of the Yankees need a back catcher, and then Garrett Cole had one 
in Houston. His name is Martin Malinado. Yeah, his he's a defensive so catcher. Would, he's not, he's, not, he's a light hitter, but he's a good defensive catcher. Do you think the Yankees will be consider, considering him because our backup catcher right now is Piggy? I, I, I like Piggy, but I, I, I want a proven backup catcher uh, behind Gary Sanchez because Martin is a, a great defensive catcher just like Austin Romine. So uh, do you think Martin could be another option, and do you think Garrett Cole – Will say have anything to say about this situation, uh, this signing? Maybe some influence, but again, it's not one, much. It's one pitcher. Yes, you're, you're dealing with a personal catcher for one pitcher taking up a 25 man roster spot, and again, not going to take a big contract, but is still going to get. He's not going to get a league minimum kind of thing either. I, mean, I don't. I don't think I see the Yankees going after another catcher. I don't, I don't think I see it. I think. Yeah, I think. I think right now. Unless again, Maldonado signs really cheap or something yeah. like that. I, I don't. I don't see the Yankees. They're going to stick that. with Higashioka. Mm. Yes, yeah. I, I agree because you know Sanchez is healthy now, so he's going to start most of the games. Yeah. yeah. And I, again, I don't, I don't see the Yankees, you know, signing another catcher. And then, uh, do you see? Uh, do you see us adding another bullpen piece with the, with Sanchez potentially leaving? Uh, I don't know about right now. Well, they were trying to trade him, right, Patances? Or is he a free agent? No, he's a free agent. He's a free agent. He's, a free agent. he's already a free agent. I don't know about right now. I think they're going to just ride out what they have right now. Now, if there's injuries or guys underperform, yeah. then maybe you, that could be something you could look at at the trade deadline. I don't know about right now, though, because, again, you're taking Dell and Batances away from what is already a deep and versatile mm. bullpen. It's not like Dell and Batances is your – Second best relief pitcher, and you have a big drop off after right. that. Because they brought back they brought back Chapman. You still got Britain there, and they have Ottavino. They got Canley. They got, no, they got be, other guys that are very trustworthy. <laughs> it might be crazy to say this, but Batanza should sign with the Mets. They need the bullpen help. I, I mean, it, it wouldn't hurt him going. I wouldn't there, mind that. But Not at all. I mean, if he wants to stay in New York, that's that's where he's going to have to go because I right. don't think the Yankees are going to resign him. So I think if the Yankees really do have a quote unquote bullpen issue, say if maybe Canley underperforms or somebody like yeah. Chad Green underperforms, something like that, then maybe I could see it during the season. But in terms of doing it right now, I don't think it's really going to be something they overreact to. Yeah. yeah. And uh, before I go, I just want to say a few things. Uh, first one is uh, congrats to Drew Brees yesterday for passing uh, Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. This guy's unbelievable. He's a goat. And no, he's, I he's, oh, wait, wait a second. He's I, not the goat. <laughs> Settle yeah, down there. <laughs> yeah, on my, so I made my quarterback list today on Twitter, and I put Drew Brees uh, second or behind Tom Brady because I believe I really believe that Drew Brees is that good, and uh, he's, he's unbelievable. With the way the, 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 every year he puts up big numbers, especially coming back from this injury, is amazing what he's doing right now for the team. That team is going to be a tough out in the playoffs. So yeah, definitely. Congrats to him. And then uh, I just want to give a shout-out to you guys. You guys are the best. And uh, I'm going to keep giving – I'm going to tell my friends about you guys. You guys are the best. And then mm-hmm. uh, make sure you guys see my our podcast too. So. Yeah, you can promote your podcast. Go ahead. I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. So I can, so I can uh, promote it to you guys too? Or? Yeah, you pr- promote your podcast. Go go for it. Find, to tell our listeners where you can listen to you. Cause oh, okay. So uh, our podcast is called the 27 Down Sports Podcast. You can find us uh, on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and then we have a website. It's called Spreaker.com. Yeah, we used to be on that, so I know what that is. So that's a a good way to start off your podcast, and uh, we're on there right now. We're still trying to build up up our YouTube account, so so, uh, everyone go follow us there. But Twitter, man, we're getting a lot of views on Twitter right now, which is good. So Yeah. 
but uh, thank you guys, and uh, you guys have a good. Thanks for calling. Thanks nice for calling. Well, that was interesting. All right, so that was Nitins, one of our Drew newer Bree. callers. True Breeze number two. He's out of his mind. I mean, people rank quarterbacks in different ways. They it's do, but to me, that's a debate that's, that's going to be going on for the test of time. He's not. Drew Breeze is not a top five quarterback. Well, he thinks otherwise. All right, that's <laughs> it. That's it for our show today. Again, very makeshift show. No Matty Caps, no Katie Hepburn. Katie should be back tomorrow with me. No Matty Caps all week, still dealing with a family issue again. Uh, wishing them the best, his family and him, the best of whatever's going on. Hope it doesn't last into the holidays because that would definitely be a bummer for him and his family. So wishing him the best. Again, Katie will be back tomorrow with me. We'll get into the Patriots uh, Spygate. potential Spygate number two there it is. going on. There's more evidence out there. I know she wanted to get into that. Uh, There's a good video out d- there. She wanted to get into that for a long while. We're going to get into Josh Gordon as well. Another, oh, God. Another suspension. I'm done him. with him. He's got to just stop. I mean, it might be more than that, though. So we might have to give him a little more empathy than that. But he's going to be out again. His NFL career might be over. but It's I mean, definitely over. I mean, I would give the guy more of a break than just trying to just How many bash him breaks you want to give this guy? Not not a break in terms of him playing. I'm just saying a break in terms of mental health is a more serious issue than you realize, well, too. It is, it is, but again, it's not, he, just, his, the, his it's career, not just the drug addiction. Thing well, his, his, his career is over in the NFL. So it probably he's is. He's had too many chances. I don't like giving people chances, but he's had too many. Yeah, so, it seems that way. So you we'll guys get, will get into that tomorrow. We'll get into that tomorrow, and probably the, uh, we'll look at the playoff picture in our own sense. and. In that kind well, of sense. Well, in Katie's sense, because you, have, sense, you right. have your sense of your yeah. playoffs. Yeah, so we'll get, we'll get into that and probably a lot more with football tomorrow. Again, Thursday's your pick'em show, Thursday right? is the pick'em show. Uh, so, it'll, again, just me, me, me and Katie the rest of the week. Obviously, she hosts the show. But no Maddie Caps all week. Again, wishing him and his family the best. As for yes. the Beave, this is Speedy Petey signing off here. Home stretch coming up. In about two hours at 8 p.m., Tyler Harrison and Speedy Petey. Tyler Harrison. Multiple Tyler Harrison, yep. as Errol would like to say. <laughs> or as Errol likes to say, the uh, the mothball. <laughs> so I'm not going to call him that, though. I, well, I just did, so it's fine. I'm sure, you, I'm sure you'll stand by that. Speedy, tell us where they can find us. Well, I'm about to do that. You can find Worldwide Sports Radio Network on Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Sirius Radio, spelled like the word Sirius, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, on our website at WorldWideSportsRadio.com. And again, like I said earlier, one of only 16 sports radio networks and podcasts on Radio.com, which is very exclusive. A lot of big things coming up with this network. So as for the Beave, this is Speedy Petey signing off. Have a good rest of your night, everybody. You can listen to all our shows here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Have a good night, everybody. Good night. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.